Hello, my name is Andrea Bautista and I'm co-host for tonight's episode of Where Are A Now, a podcast dedicated to learning more about the tremendously talented RA alums of New York University. I am currently a NYU student studying chemistry and math, and when I'm not doing that, I'm an RA in Brittany Hall. My hometown is Oakland, New Jersey. It's about 45 minutes away from the city, so it's nice to be close to home, but I'm very excited to be here. And I'm Tom. I'm the other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate VP of Student Affairs. Andrea, thank you for being with us. Want to know what it's like to be an RA in a fire building like Brittany? Oh, it is a joy every day. No, truly, it's really exciting. I love my residents. I've got people in the School of Nursing and in uh, Tisch. We have a lot of Tisch students in Brittany. I have a few Gallatin students, which I like to call them my special thinkers because Gallatin is a school unlike any other schools at NYU. A few other CAS students like me. Yeah, I've got a wide range of all kinds of people. So, And Brittany is just a great building in general, location-wise, supervisor-wise. So, That's yeah. great. So mm-hmm. you seem really happy. Tell me a little bit about the academic program you chose and why. What will it lead to for you, you think? Why? Why indeed? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I really like chemistry, but I never always liked chemistry. It was kind of, I started as a biology major. And along the line, I was just getting better grades in chemistry than I was in bio. I never considered myself a chemistry Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't really great at it in high school, and so I was like, this isn't me. So um, I had to kind of come to terms with maybe my strengths are somewhere that I didn't anticipate they would be. And, you know, I just had a really great um, mentor in chemistry. Her name was Brismar Pinto-Pachenko. She is now working for her PhD, and I went to a few of her presentations. She did a lot of work with uh, fluorescence spectroscopy, and it was really, really interesting. And it kind of just, like, she was also just a really nice person. So it was easy for me to kind of make that transition into chemistry. Great role models to have for faculty. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you want to do long-term with this degree? Long-term, I'm planning to do medical school, um, not immediately after undergraduate, um, because it's very expansive. It is. (laughs) But But there's one school that gives free tuition, I hear. NYU School of Medicine. Yeah, and I hear they're starting a trend now for other medical Mm -hmm. schools. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. That's great. So we have some great guests tonight. Yes. I want to give a very warm welcome to our guests tonight, Richa Tandon and Renal Parmar, who served as RAs in both Carlisle and Palladium during the 2008 to 2010 period. Richa was under the advisement of Teresa Grande in Carlisle, and Renal was under the advisement of Blake Redding and Katrina Lee and Amani Roma in Palladium. So welcome, Richa and Renal, and thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to have you guys on. So how are you guys doing tonight, and where are you guys tonight? Sure. Thanks for having us. We're really excited to be here. Renal and I are both actually living, still living in New York City more than 12 years later, we were actually college sweethearts, and we ended up getting married in 2016, but we've been living in New York ever since college. That's so exciting. Oh, my God, the dream, right? <laughs> you come to NYU and you yeah. fall in love. I think they like had that Sarah song Diddy. in the reality show at one point in time. I'm sure. They did. They did. <laughs> well, tell us briefly how you fell in love at, at NYU, New York City. Sure. So... It all started at Welcome Week the first year, um, which is, you know, near and dear to our hearts. And, you know, Welcome Week is a great opportunity to meet people and kind of get a little experience in New York City before college begins. So 
I mean, I don't want to bore you with the long details, but basically we met during Welcome Week, and um, one thing led to another, and 10 years later, here we are. Wow, that's so exciting. That's such a nice story. So did you guys date all throughout undergrad? We did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we actually, we never broke up um, all through college, all through kind of post-college life. So we've been together since 2006, and I guess it's 2019 now, so more than, I guess, 12 years. Wow. That's, we, we're going to have to do a spread in the NYU alumni magazine about that. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Let's take a, a moment to hear about what you're both doing career-wise, and then we'll jump back to Washington Square. Sure. Um, I started working uh, right after graduating NYU Stern in my undergrad, um, and I am now a director at Benefit Street Partners, which is a credit investment firm with $25 billion in assets under management. Wow. Basically, my job is to find cool, exciting companies to invest in, and I invest through a range of credit securities like loans and bonds, and an average investment size is $75 to $100 million. So that's my day job. Wow. That sounds like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> Renal, how about for you? Mine is not as complex as my wife's. I'm a dentist, a pediatric dentist. So after I graduated NYU, I went on to NYU Dental School and I graduated in 2013. And after dental school, I went on to specialize in the field of pediatric dentistry where I did my residency at Montefiore Medical Center in the Bronx. And since then, I've worked for several different pediatric offices for several years before opening my own dental practice last year. And it's called the Smile Stop Pediatric Dentistry, and that's located in Park Ridge, New Jersey. Hey, I'm from New Jersey. Awesome. <laughs> my, my wife grew up in Park Ridge. Oh, really? Wow. What Absolutely a small did. world. Small world. I, I yeah, know. I'm from northern New Jersey. It's in Bergen County. I don't know if you know where that is. I feel like in New Jersey, you know the surrounding like five towns around you, and then everything else is like a wasteland. So I totally get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Bergen County. I grew up in Paramus. Wow. Wow. So a really small world. I, I know where Paramus is, the mall. Love it. Yes, of course. <laughs> So that's awesome. And what put you towards pediatrics? Because I, I don't know, it can be hard to work with pediatric dental patients, right? They, I'm sure they'd get really scared. Absolutely. And what, you know, made me gravitate towards the field of pediatrics is, you know, I really like working with children, of course. But the biggest thing is the long-term relationship that you build with the patients. You know, we see kids from a very young age, mm. I mean, from as little as one, you know, and then we basically, they're in in our care for many, many years till they graduate high school or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. you know, a lot of it is also, yes, we're yeah. trying to maintain good oral health, but at the same time, we look at the bigger picture. Um, I try to help them develop skills and, you know, um, techniques to get over fears and different challenges and things like that, because, you know, as we all know, life is very difficult. So if they can get through a simple fear of brushing their teeth, you know, that may translate to other fears that they have in life. And that feeling of success in a dental chair can translate to other feelings of success. So it's a, it's a nice relationship that you can build with the patients as well as the families. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish I had you as my dentist. I was very fearful <laughs> when I was young. We're, we're going to jump back to the days at Washington Square Park. What did you both study while you were here? Sure. Um, I, I majored in finance and accounting um, at Stern. And I majored in biology at the College of Arts and Science. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm also in the College of Arts and Science, chemistry though, but I started as a bio major. Awesome. Yeah. So did you do any extracurricular activities while you guys were here? Yes, we were very involved. I think too involved during college. No such thing, right? Yeah, I think I think all RAs are, are pretty involved in the community. Um, I was president of NYU Shruti, which was the NYU South Asian organization. And I was also president of NYU Rotaract Club, which was a community service focused organization. And I was also very active in um, Stern Scholars. And for me, I was very involved in um, dancing. So there were a few South Asian dance teams at NYU, which I was a part of. So I was actually part of three different dance teams called Pandemonium, NYU Bhangra, and NYU Ras Malai. Wow. So a little bit of traditional Indian dancing mixed with some contemporary hip hop infusion. So that was really cool. Do you still dance? I do. Um, not competitively, but in my apartment. <laughs> in your apartment. <laughs> Whoa, I like it. Yeah. I'm usually not home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like music, so I like to dance and, uh, you know, keep keep active. Richard, we'll start with you. Why did you apply to be an RA? I kind of knew I always wanted to be an RA. When I was a freshman and sophomore year, I had really good RAs who did a lot to connect with the community. And I really like programming and connecting with people. I'm a very social person and I like being part of a community. Um, and I think being an RA kind of encompassed a lot of those qualities. So I kind of knew going through my first two years of college that I really wanted to rally and potentially become an RA. For me, uh, the main reason actually is Richa. She inspired me to apply to be an RA. Um, she wanted to do it and she thought it would be a great fit for me due to my, my personality. Um, I'm really social and outgoing. So she encouraged me to participate in Rally. And, you know, it was one of the, the best um, experiences that I had at NYU. So I learned very quickly that I should just listen to my wife and things will go right. So I've been doing that. And that's why we're here 13 years later. <laughs> <laughs> You are the quintessential husband. I, I have <laughs> the right answers. Yeah, marriage goals, right? <laughs> what about working on the staff in an upper-class building, uh, both of you, and, and both on Union Square? Yeah, so it's interesting. We, you know, some of those students were our peers, so we were more focused, or at least I was, on providing free food, open door, listening to residents for whatever they wanted to talk about. Some of it was more career-oriented. Some of it was just events they wanted to do. I feel like when you're an RA for an upperclassman dorm, you can't force anything. It has to be really organic. Um, and I was really lucky to forge good relationships with my residents, some of whom I'm still friends with today, some of whom became my coworkers in my professional life. So I was really lucky. You know, I, and definitely to piggyback off of that, I think it's challenging also because a lot of your, your residents, like Richard said, are your peers. So there's a fine line between being their superior and then being their peer um, can't be like their best friend at times, but at the same time, they are your friend, you know? So um, you really learn how to work with colleagues that are basically at the same level as you. Um, and that translates into the professional world. You know, you ha sometimes you have to manage people that may be older than you or are at the same level as you. So you have to be very skillful in working with types of pe those types of people in situations. So that's a, a great that we learned being an upperclassman RA. Yeah, that's really interesting. Tom mentioned before that I am a fire RA, so I have all first years. And it's kind of difficult to bridge that 
kind of gap between forming a good relationship, right? Because they kind of see me as somebody who's like, well, I mean, it makes sense. I'm ending my NYU career this year and they're starting their NYU career. So there's a lot of uh, distance there. But um, that's interesting that you say that they become like even your colleagues, you know? So that's nice that you were able to maintain that kind of connection. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just managing through different personalities and trying to connect with people in the best way um, based on gauging the situation. So I think not forcing anything is the best way that I've found at least to connect with my residents. When you think about what you're doing today, what skills are you using from the RA position? So a big part of what I personally do is connecting and forming relationships with my patients, their families, other dental colleagues, and my staff. Um, so, you know, we have to work with and navigate through different personalities and habits. And I think being an RA definitely taught me a lot about connecting with various people um, with different backgrounds and finding unique ways to bring them together. I also think the time management skills you learn as an RA is super relatable. You know, RAs, as which I mentioned earlier, tend to be very involved. Um, they're good students. They're they participate in extracurricular activities and they take the task of being a resource in the community community through being an RA. So that is something that also translates over to the real world because, you know, as you get older, life brings on more responsibilities. So you have to be able to be well balanced in all aspects of life. So that definitely translates over. Richa, you guys mentioned that you were dating all throughout undergrad and throughout your time as being an RA. How did you manage your academic aspirations and the demands of the RA role with a relationship? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think we, um, you know, we always took one night out of the week away from academics, uh, community programming, being involved in the community, and just whether it was going to the dining hall and grabbing a meal together or watching a movie or just doing something with each other to dedicate a little bit of time to our relationship in a, a very hectic four years. Um, that was important to us. And it was what facilitated our relationship and staying together for the entire time we were in college. Did you guys ever co-program? I'm sure that's a way that you could kind of merge the two worlds. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We actually didn't. Um, we tried to, oh, really? we, we tried to, um, maintain like from our RA perspective like a little bit of, of separate identities but um, we did attend each other's programs which is which is nice when you're in a couple upperclassmen RA and not everyone always attends we would we would go to each other's programs <laughs> to support each other that's nice. awesome yeah. let's go to the whole idea of you know the process of graduation and what it's like to leave a insular community like being at college to go out on your own go to graduate school or go into the workplace. What's that moment of finding community like for each of you? And you have both had different kind of worlds, right? One going to grad school, one going right into the workforce. Yeah, you know, I would say that was the most challenging time in our relationship. Um, I, I started the workforce by doing investment banking. So I was working, you know, 90 plus hours a week and Renal was in dental school at the time. And so he was, you know, really busy in academia. And so that was kind of the first time in our relationship. We were both out in the workforce or out in school and not with each other day to day and experiencing something totally different from one another. But again, I think it's, you know, we were really lucky that when our day jobs were hard or, you know, exams were tough, we had each other to go home to at night. And that was kind of 
the foundation of getting through some of the more challenging parts of our career or our professional background. Wow. The only thing I know about investment banking is from what I've seen on season four of Suits. <laughs> so that's kind of a whole separate world, but that's a nice. It's exactly like that. <laughs> tell us, Michelle, tell us a little bit about the iBanking world, because we have a lot of Stern students who are RAs here who are getting ready for that trajectory. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I started my career at Morgan Stanley in investment banking. I was there for two years before I switched over to private equity. Um, and then I switched to private credit. So, you know, I had been investing or working in an M&A role for a long time now. And I would say that it was definitely the most challenging part of my career, but it was also the most rewarding. Um, I've never worked so hard, but I've never learned so much in a two-year time frame. And I think, you know, being an RA really helped me with time management and being able to kind of be on all the time. Sometimes being an RA teaches you that. But it really was, you know, it opened so many doors for me professionally. And that background, you know, that first step in my career really set me up for success, you know, eight, nine, ten years down the line. So I'm really fortunate to have started my career in investment banking. Did you always know that you wanted to do that for a career? Um, you know, I actually interned all through college. Like I had part-time jobs in sales and trading, a hedge fund, a boutique investment bank. I worked through my first three years at Stern. Um, and so I tried a lot of different jobs as an intern. I think that's one of the coolest things about going to school at NYU is you can work really easily, especially when you're in the business school. You know, I ultimately loved my internship at a boutique investment bank, which is what set me up to end up joining Morgan Stanley after graduation. What makes you know it's time to move on from one financial sector position to another and to another company? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, it took me three jobs and three different asset classes to ultimately end up where I am now, which I've, you know, the position I've been at, I've been at this firm for five years. I think it's your gut and your intuition. You have to really love what you're doing and you have to see yourself doing it for 10 plus years. And when I was in investment banking and in private equity, I loved what I was doing, but I ultimately didn't see myself there 10 years later. Um, and when I joined Benefit Street Partners and I started investing in credit, I could, you know, I do, I've been there for five years. I can see myself there for five, 10 years down the line. And so some of it is just trusting your gut um, and just kind of navigating your career and taking advantage of opportunities as they come mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Manal? How was it opening your own practice? I mean, ever since I've been in dental school, it's been a dream of mine to open my own practice, um, and which I finally was able to achieve at the end of 2017. It's definitely not what they teach you in dental school. You know, they teach you the clinical aspect, but the business side is a whole new, you know, monster that is, you know, you just have, you just learn based on experience, like going through the fire. So, you know, while it's been an incredible journey and I've learned so much um, in the past year that I've been open, it's definitely been the most challenging aspect of, of my professional career because not only do I have to be a great clinician, but I also have to be a very strong businessman. I have to be able to lead a right team, find the right staff, um, connect with different families in the community I, that I serve, um, make sure, you know, I'm doing what I believe is ethically right by my patients and you know make sure i leave a positive experience amongst the community so um it's been it's been a wonderful journey um it's incredible it's it's very rewarding i'm still in my infant stages of my practice so there's still so much for me to learn and grow and achieve so that's another 
amazing uh, part of it is, you know, while I've learned so much, there's still so much more to learn in the field that's ever changing. So it's easy to get caught up in something that is the same and routine every day. But being in your own practice, every day is a new challenge. So that is very exciting. You both talked about teams. So I would be interested to know if you were hiring college grads right now, either as a, a colleague, as a pediatric dentist, uh, those who had finished the, <laughs> the degree, uh, or in the business sector, Risha, what are you looking for in people to join your teams? Sure, yeah, and I um, I interview probably 50, 60 candidates from college and investment banking every year. So for me, it's a, the forefront of my mind. You know, I'm looking for someone who is strong technically, but it's also a really strong team player, someone who will roll their sleeves up and have a good work ethic and be willing to learn and collaborate and engage with people. Um, I think having a good attitude and just being a positive influence to the culture and the team is so important. It goes such a long way. Um, and then also just being technically sound and having like really good judgment and attention to detail, at least on the business side. Yeah, and, and for me as, as a dentist, a lot of similarities. You know, I think you want someone who is, again, team-oriented, right? Because you have to take care of your staff, take care of the patients. So someone who is hardworking, who is not going to, you know, leave work for their colleagues or things like that. And a lot of that we learned in the residency. We had, a, you know, a group of 10 of us. So if, if one of the residents didn't pick up the slack or one person was just a little bit lazy, then everybody would have to stay late, you know? Um, so it's very important to have someone who has similar goals as you, um, who's hardworking, because I generally believe you can't teach someone work ethic. You can teach someone how to properly clean a tooth or fill a cavity. Those technical skills, while the foundation mm -hmm. should be there, I can refine those skills, but I can't teach you to want to be a better dentist. I can't teach you to want to work hard, want to do good by your patients, want the practice to grow. So those innate qualities are the qualities that I, I try to look for. Right. You know, it really makes all the difference if you have a team that is working with you and where you really feel like you guys have a collaborative effort. And that's honestly how it is for me at Brittany, at least this year. My team, we're such a, a real team, you know. We're there for each other to, you know, swap duty if need be, cover the RC, program together. Because when you're with them, they become your family. I'm sure the people that you went through residency with are your, your family, at least for the duration of that time. So it's really important to, to have that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. One of my co-residents was actually a groomsman at my wedding. And another co oh. one of my other co-residents actually was an RA, Ramia Kamath. She was um, an RA at NYU. So, you know, we kind of went full circle. She did her own thing in dental school. And then we kind of came full, full circle. And she was a co-resident of mine, too. Um, but, you know, I think that's important because, again, not to just to kind of feedback what you're saying, when you have people that are team players, you also have fun with one another. So, you know, while this is a job and you have to think professionally, you also want to enjoy it, too. And the experience is even better when you can have fun with it. So if everyone is on the same page, you enjoy each other's company, you have fun, and then it becomes it's not just work. It becomes a good experience. Yeah, absolutely. So are there any other NYU fam that's in your life today? This is shout out time. <laughs> we we have a lot actually. Some of our closest friends are RAs. So I'm I'm just gonna list them for both of us. Um 
Hannah Kim, Ramya Kamath, Shriya Kumar, uh, Amani from Palladium, for me, Therese Grande, Therese Chaudhry from Hayden, um, and then my Carlisle family, Shana Rubino, Brianna Bleeker, Alan Seiss, Aaron Aspiazzo. I'm really lucky. We're both really lucky. So many people from our RA community are still people in our lives today. So we, we were really fortunate to forge really amazing relationships with our, our um, peers as well as kind of our bosses when we were RAs. That's fantastic. Uh, one last question about career. What are you most proud of to date, what you've accomplished? For me, I think it's definitely opening up my own pediatric dental office. Um, as I mentioned before, it was definitely the pinnacle of my my dreams when I was a dental student. Um, and to finally see that come to life was, you know, really exciting for me um, and also for my family. My You know, it made my Richa and my parents and everyone and all my friends around me really proud um, you know just to see all the hard work you put into for so many years pay off it's it's really gratifying and you know to feel that success is also it's, it's an amazing accomplishment see that he is he's a smart husband he's like I'm most proud of my family <laughs> I love it I love it I, you know I didn't I didn't even have to coach him. <laughs> I think for me, it's, it's, you know, I'm the only female on a, a team of 26 people in private data benefits-free partners. Um, so I work in a really male-dominated industry, and I'm really proud of kind of the career that I've been able to shape for myself. I've, you know, been promoted several times through my career. I'm now a director, and I'm really proud of the accomplishments I've achieved, and, you know, especially in an environment where there's not a lot of women who've been able to achieve what I had. And so it's something that I'm forging Absolutely. to change for future generations and kind of pave a path that, um, you know, I don't have a lot of women examples ahead of me. Um, so, you know, kind of paving that path for the future. Yeah, that's really inspirational, especially for somebody like me. We only have really male-dominated people. Women of color are not as represented in not just the financial field, but, you know, other fields as well. So it's really important for people like me to have people like you to look up to and to really have that role model figure. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You can uh, aspire to be something if you don't see people doing it ahead of you. Mm -hmm. So one step at a time. <laughs> Not to bring it back to suits, but there was nobody that was female in that investment banking group except for the secretary, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could say it's different in the real world, but uh, slowly things are changing. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think we're going to move on to our speed round now. Some quick fire questions about Washington Square. So I will start. What was your favorite tradition at NYU? Um, I would, for both of us, I can answer. I'd have to say Welcome Week. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> did, did you go abroad? Um, I did through Stern's IDIS program. So I studied at Peking University in China over the summer. Okay. And I did not study abroad, unfortunately. Mm. Best dining hall? Ooh, I gotta go with Chick Fil A at Weinstein. I know it's not healthy, but it is so good. <laughs> yeah. Chick Fil A has gotten a major upgrade I this know. last year. They've got salads. They've got wraps. It's really. They put more than just ace. one pickle on the chicken now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, no. <laughs> Favorite NYU professor. I can take that. Um, professor Panos, he was an IT professor at Stern. Um, really cool, really cool class and teacher. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? Yeah, I saw um, Spike Lee. 
on the street, um, and I'm a die-hard Knicks fan, so it was an amazing moment. Um, I challenged him on I'm a bigger Knicks fan, but he definitely is better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> How about a Broadway show you went to see as an NYU student? Uh, yeah, I took my residence to see Hair and Billy Elliot. I love Broadway, so I used being an RA to um, selfishly see some shows. So smart, smart. <laughs> Tom, you want to sponsor some Hamilton tickets? Oh, I'm glad to do that. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? Ooh, I'll take that. Um, we Therese used to do this thing after weekly staff meetings at Carlisle, where we all got together and played mafia. Like after business, we we did this mafia game and it was like an awesome, awesome experience. Um, just bonding with, you know, your RA peers and enjoying the experience. It was really cool. That's awesome. Richa and Renal, thank you so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thank you to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living in our dream school alumni version life. Risha and Renal, you're really a great example, not only of uh, phenomenal students who have done so well career-wise, but a real role model of what it means to be a united partnership as two people. So thank you for sharing both your personal and your professional journey of where you've gone since NYU. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. This was so much fun. Absolutely. And continued success. Special thanks to my engineer, Duncan Lemieux, and to the current professional staff and alums of NYU, like Katrina Lee and Amani Mova and Therese Grande, who did great things to help our alums get skill acquisition along the way. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on our RA website. And if you want to know RA's favorite books, go to whattheyreading.blogspot.com. Until next time. Think about how you can make communities better wherever you are in the world. 